0: And Martin Paloma.
1: To of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Martin Palomo joins me as well. Uh, it'll be a shorter show today. We're getting uh, started a little earlier than we normally do on uh, Thursdays. Martin's got a very hard out because he's got a corporate uh, board meeting kind of thing. You know how those are.
2: All right, got to pay the piper.
1: Got to pay the got to pay the piper. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk some stuff. Inflation numbers, January numbers. Uh, we'll find out whether we need to be panicking or whether things are great or whatever. I, I told Martin before we got rolling that I've been actually busy with my uh, my real RebelGrove job, and I haven't really kept up with what's been going on in the real world for the past several days. So this is going to be my little catch up as well. So we uh, we'll be with you and talk. a number of things. First, I want to tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote the rest is completely up to you you can shop that quote around or you can do what i've done what i recommend that you do and that's hop into a Clark Ford today again 662-257-1900 and Martin before we uh, get started tell the people how they can get in touch with you guys at Pinnacle and what's going on there
2: yeah ma'am um another day in paradise right although uh outside it doesn't per se look like paradise uh man we are <clears throat> we're where it's it's funny we actually had a uh, reed and i and eric had uh, an investment management meeting yesterday that was kind of ad hoc um to really kind of talk about all right we're almost there to to make some portfolio changes um you know and and a lot of them that we're making are the things what you and I have been talking about in the last couple of weeks about you know bonds are really looking good uh you know for for some long-term um you know good returns in bonds really going to help they should be in a position to help uh r- really be a hedge in the stock portfolio now. Um so not that we are completely uh out of the woods and stocks yet. I think that you know there's definitely the potential for them to rise and there is also the potential for them to um to go down a little bit this year. But I kind of feel like uh you know if we're talking baseball we're in the 8th inning uh or either if we're going to talk about trains, you know the train has come by, we still have the caboose left, but we're almost there. Um so it's a good time for our listeners to you know, look at their portfolio, make sure it is uh, that it looks the way that that they want it to based on what their goals are uh, You know, or have a, and have a conversation with your advisor uh, about it. And if you don't have an advisor or uh, you don't like the one that you have, give us a shot. Uh, you can call 601-957-0323 uh, or email us at info at mypinnwealth.com. All right,
1: so I'm just kind of – we'll start here. We, we always kind of do this. Wall Street Journal sort of guides me, the village idiot, to uh, let you get going a little bit. So I'm, I always look at kind of just the red or green, right? And uh, yep. a lot of red today. The, uh, the story, Dow off uh, 300 points yields rise on strong supplier-level inflation. Supplier prices rose 6%. In January, jobless claims remained uh, nearly steady. Um, yeah, the Dow, the S and P 500 fall after fresh signs of persisting inflation. So we've talked a lot about inflation over the last year
2: or so. Uh, you've, yeah, I'm sure people are tired of it.
1: Yeah. They're probably tired yet at the same time. It's important though. Well, I mean, people are tired of it until they go to the grocery store and they see it. Right. I mean, you go to the grocery store and you see it, you see inflation. It is like in front of you. It slaps you in the head, um, and demands attention. Um, yet you were talking about things are cyclical we just got out of january do you read anything into the into the numbers out of january
2: um the the january numbers are kind of consensus uh you know the economists had, had had thought there would be a slight tick up in january um i thought i had read last week and i'll i'll eat my words on our show last week i said uh you know inflation the inflation numbers were were really kind of disinflationary and december's were uh and i i I opened my mouth and said uh, I thought I'd seen a graph expecting that January would be. um, And, and, and I'll eat my words there. Uh, January was not, it was up, but it was, it was with with consensus. uh, That wasn't, I guess I will say it wasn't a surprise, but you know, the thing that I think that it really does uh, say, you know, I've said a couple of times that some people have been forecasting that the Fed would start lowering interest rates at the end of the year and I kept saying I just can't see you know it's hard for me to make that case uh for the end of this year unless we hit a recession which it's like each day that passes or each month that passes you know it's like we just keep uh not kicking the can down the road because that's not the right term for for this situation but it it it's it becomes it's becoming more and more probable that we are going to have Uh, the Fed is going to manufacture this soft landing that, uh, you know, where the, where the, you know, they raise rates and the economy does not crash um, because of it. And uh, so it's, it's, that seems to kind of be happening, but I think there is going to, they're going to hold interest rates kind of up for a little while. And I've said that, which that, you know, it's bad. It's not awesome for folks that are borrowing money. And it's great for people that are in retirement who have not been able to earn you know interest on their CDs at the bank or uh you know they're real safe short-term investments it just makes solving the investment problem or the income problem for retirees that much easier um and uh, and I think we're in that we're not space man uh where where uh it's going to be uh, we're probably going to hold rates higher for longer we've just had you know almost a whole generation um that has just not not grown up with you know, having mortgage rates that were above 6%. And uh, I think we've said it a couple times, like, on the show, when I when I bought my first house, which was like back in 2003, 2004, um, you know, my interest rate was 6.75. Uh, and that was a a byproduct of one, I was a brand new home buyer with, you know, almost no credit history. But also, you know, rates were just were higher um, during that period. But You know, there are some some people, we may have some listeners that bought their first homes in the 80s when interest rates were, you know, 12% on a mortgage, but you could also get a CD for, you know, 17% at the bank. So it's kind of wild. Uh, We're not in those days.
1: We didn't talk about this story before we started. I told you I've been a little out of the loop for a week because I've been working on a lot of stuff. It's the end of a basketball season. There's a hint. Um... This is a story in Wall Street Journal. Ford CEO Jim Farley grapples with problems from the automaker's past. This is a topic that I am super interested in, and I'm I'm not making it political, though I'm fascinated by it because I I, I think it is a a possible disaster. And here's the story. It's written by um, Nora Eckert, Mike Coleus. What's up, uh, Mike? Nora. Jim Farley took over Ford Motor Company more than 2 years ago, eager to chart the automaker's path to an electric, high-tech future. Lately though, problems from the past, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry. Are, are requiring his attention. In recent weeks, Ford executives have outlined many challenges holding the company back. Ford still has too many people, Mr. Farley has said, even after cutting 3,000 jobs last year and outlining plans this week for another 3800 cuts in Europe. Ford's factories too often churn out vehicles of subpar quality, and supply chain management lags behind competition, competitors. And overall, Ford's annual costs are $7 billion to $8 billion too high to rival automakers, according to its finance chief. There's a quote from uh, from Farley, and then he says he's pointed that, to the irony that Ford, which invented the moving assembly line and built an industrial system that was the marvel of the early of the world early last century is being tripped up by some basic nuts and bolts of the car business. On Wednesday, Ford said a battery fire in an F-150 Lightning was the reason it halted production at the Detroit area factory that makes the electric pickup truck. Ford said the plant will be down at least through the end of next week as it investigates the cause and said it doesn't think trucks shipped to customers are affected by the problem. Previous Ford CEOs have also... It's just a lot here. The whole... Martin, the whole desire to shift everything to all electric feels like a disaster waiting to happen to me. I I, and so I I catch myself watching car companies, looking at their stock, all that stuff, and thinking this is going to be an unmitigated disaster for our society because we're just nowhere close to being ready for this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think... uh you know, obviously Tesla, everyone is chasing Tesla. Um, and Tesla has been able to do something that none of them have been able to replicate, which is kind of interesting to me. Cause I know they've hired a lot of, you know, a lot of these, these, uh, the bigger auto manufacturers have, have hired a lot of people from Tesla, like recruiting them to come help them build their electric vehicle. Um, and it's not translating. And I, it's kind of interesting. I don't know why. Um, you know, they're, they're having those issues and there may be some of our listeners that, that do, and they may know more than, than you and I about this subject. Uh, I'm not claiming that I know a lot about it at all. Um, but there is kind of the race to catch up and it does feel a little bit rushed and it doesn't surprise me that they're having, you know, issues with, uh, and, and you remember Tesla had the same issues, you know, years ago with a couple of their cars, the batteries catching on fire. Um, I. I haven't really heard a lot of any of that in the news lately, so I'm assuming that they they fixed it. But the other thing is, man, you can you get a Tesla, you hop in and you probably I think there's some of them that get like almost 350 miles to a charge. Uh, But the F150 Lightning gets 200. I mean, unless I'm just driving around the city, that doesn't work for me. And with my, you know, with me having clients kind of all over the state of Mississippi, that vehicle just doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah. It feels like this is something that is just being forced, just forced. We're going to do this, and I I keep asking, okay, well, what about, what about trucks? Yeah. What about what about tractors? What we're nowhere close to this, and then but but just describing what you're describing, the the grid's not in place. No. And the grid and, and the <laughs> grids the grid is not going to be in place by 2035. It's just not
2: it's not uh I, it's I don't not think so you look in a place like jackson you know in oxford's probably a little different uh oxford seems to take care of their stuff you know like they oxford has nice toys and oxford maintains their toys uh jackson where i live and i'm in the city of too uh we just don't maintain our stuff like there's no way that our power grid in jackson could support you know a car no way that a car in every home but probably not even A car in every five homes okay so what do you also
1: so what do you do about a a home like mine right now where I've got I've got a car I've got I I drive a truck my wife has a car my son has a car
2: drive Ford F-150 yeah my son
1: has a car and then I have two daughters that are off in college and they have cars so how would we charge five cars oh you can't so it feels like what 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 this is directed and this is why if I'm the car people I'm pushing back right It feels like this is, but it's directed at, well, we want to eliminate the number of vehicles. We want to eliminate, in other words, so you want to eliminate our ability to travel. And when I say travel, I don't mean on vacations. I mean, from point A to point B, you want to eliminate, it feels like they are, and if I were the car people, if I were at Ford, I would be pushing back on this saying, I know you're putting all this stuff in, in place for us, but we're. But I get, I'm i jumping all over the place because I find this to be an incredibly frustrating topic. Um, if you push back against any of the, the electric, for lack of a better word, wokeness, you're a bad person. Even though what I'm describing has nothing to do with anything political, it just has to do with practicality and pragmatism.
2: Yeah, and then also you know, we'll, we'll, let's bring it full circle and talk about how does it affect people's portfolios and business? Yeah. I mean, if I'm an investor in Ford, if I own Ford stock, I, I'm, and I'm all right. Well, I'm going to pull the emotional frothiness out of the conversation so we can just talk about facts and, sure. and, and, and numbers. Okay. If, if I give Ford my, my money and say, Hey, I am going to invest in you and I want you You have, you know, an obligation to, you know, take care of my, me, the shareholder, you know, my best interest and try to turn a profit. That is your number one goal as a publicly traded company is, you know, is take care of your shareholders. And I know that that's not what people want to hear. People want to hear, you know, take care of your employees first, which I think if you take care of your employees, it does fall down to the bottom line. But when you're a publicly traded company, it is all about shareholder returns and shareholder expectations. So if if I give my money to Ford, saying, "Hey, I think that you're going to be able to give me a long-term positive return," and then you're mismanaging the money that I give you because you're investing into, uh, you know, heavily into the electric space, which is not which is which is not turning a profit or causing more um, at, at a higher cost than your naturally you know gasoline-aspirated engines, I'm going to say, "Okay, like I gave you a little bit of runway here." obviously this is not working so let's stop throwing good money at bad at bad problems i'm gonna say you're let tesla be electric ford you be you are the king of pickup trucks build pickup trucks that's it that's what you're good at that's how you make money stop trying to be you know uh something for everyone
1: what's why just I, be a ford pickup you know I... I saw where Nikki Haley announced that she's going to run for, for president. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I am told from someone who knows the person that Ron DeSantis is not far away. I, I keep waiting for this debate to come around where someone says, I, I, I get that this sounds great. And, and maybe in some ideal world, it is great. But we're, it's not practical. It's not pragmatic. It doesn't make sense at some point you have to push back against things that make no sense. There, there has to be common sense. There does more. There has to be, there has to be common sense.
2: Well, and, and investors will vote with their, with their pocketbook. And they may give companies like Ford and GM a little bit of runway to say, Hey, see if you can do this. Um, if it, if it doesn't make sense, uh, you abandon the project. And you know, if Tesla is going to be the King of electric, then Tesla's the king of electric. I just cannot in my rational brain see that electric is even going to put any type of dent in gas or diesel powered vehicles. Well, I mean
1: it, the, the the problem you have is that you have these politicians that are out there, and I I don't know whether they're just bloviating or whether they're serious when they say we've got to stop making stop production of of. Gasoline-powered vehicles by 2027. I think I heard one person say.
2: Those people smoke crack,
1: and I, I I listened to them, and I'm like, okay, wait, wait, hold up a minute. Do you realize
2: what you're saying? No, because they're high on crack, dude. Like a rational human being, let's let's. I, I would love to pull all of our listeners, and and ask like, hey, if someone told you, we're going to be electric in four years you know and maybe it's a simple three question poll of that's realistic uh not realistic at all or you know maybe right i'm going to say overwhelmingly our listeners because i think our listeners i think one of the great things about the south is we're pretty practical people yeah i think most of our listeners are going to say that's not realistic
1: it's it's not realistic at all that's a, that's
2: a pipe dream yeah hell if you told me we were going to be electric by 2040 I would be like, dude, that based on how much infrastructure would have to be rebuilt for for that. I mean, and and, okay, cool. Let's say that we have the, the people, the laborers to do it, which we don't. If you look at labor numbers, let's say that we do. Who's paying for that? Are you going to make energy or, you know, Southern, Southern companies, you know, Mississippi power or, You know the Tennessee Valley Authority. Are you going to make them rerun or rebuild their entire electrical grid? Well,
1: and if you do, you know where those costs are going to be offset.
2: They're coming from me and you, dude.
1: And so at some, I just, I just
2: keep our listeners.
1: I keep waiting for people to just raise their hands and go, "This is stupid."
2: I mean, it, it's it's well, not even. I think even, we're doing it right now. Are we the hand raised guys? Yeah, Saying, but I'm hey, talking this about. Is...
1: But I, yeah, but you know what, Martin? I mean, you say stuff like this, and I say stuff like this, and, the, and, and we live in this society now where people push back and go, "Well, you know, we're destroying the climate, we're destroying the planet."
2: Okay. Well, let me ask this question. And, and, and so, but uh, my, so, my question, my
1: question is, how old's the planet? How old's the planet? How do we know? How do you know that we're truly? And I'm not. I'm not a climate denier. At the same time, I need a lot more information than, well, here's what's happened over the last 40 years before I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe we're really destroying the planet. Decent chance the planet is pretty cyclical.
2: Yeah, and dude, I can't get behind the... I cannot get behind the argument of that lithium batteries are the answer because the mining practices and just extracting all the minerals for the batteries are just as destructive. Now, if you came to me and said, hey... We figured out how to build an engine, and it runs off of water, the most abundant resource we have in the whole world. It's clean; it prov- it provides you know it zero pollution. Yep. Um, I would be like, dude, I'm in. I'm down with that. In. Like, I'm in one
1: hundred percent. That makes sense. But to to make the 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 batteries that go into electric vehicles, you've got to strip minerals from the the earth.
2: Yeah, and then you have to refine them, which is. As I understand, and I may be wrong because I'm not the expert here, but as I understand, it's not the extracting them out of I mean, extracting them out of the ground causes destruction to natural habitat, but it's the it is the refining process that's that's that pollutes the most in the yes. whole deal. Yes. And and dude, and i and I've said this before and I'll say it again, I love electric vehicles. I think they're cool as shit. I think the F one fifty Lightning is so cool. I think the Tesla oh, for is sure. so cool. It's just not practical.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean for everybody. the, the idea of like I don't go many places. But, like, in three weeks, I've got to go to Nashville for the SEC tournament. Yeah. It's a four-hour drive. If I have to make that a seven-hour drive because I have to stop and charge my vehicle, well, that's not practical. Right. It's a four-hour drive. Yeah.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system. I
2: mean, dude, I, I almost, well, like, I, maybe we, maybe the hand raised guy is, is, hey, you want to impress me, politicians? Build a build a car that runs off of water. And I realize that becomes difficult because you need some type of combustion in the engine and water does not do that. Uh, but I don't know, maybe there's a forcing it through the a turbine that turns the wheels. I have no idea. There are people that are a lot smarter than me that could probably say, here's why that won't work, dumbass. Um or you know, or I don't know. There's there's probably other. Let's have let's have nuclear power cars. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Well, look. I mean, th- that's the that's wor- clean right. The, until that, there's an accident, probably.
1: Yeah, but that's if we're really truly serious about climate change and all of that. If we're truly not not lip service, but serious, nuclear's the way.
2: But I mean that's gonna be a uh, What's well,
1: that word the 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 yeah. word has so many connotations that yeah. no one will even talk about it in political circles. But You're if right. we're truly serious about it, and I don't know that we are. I I don't know that I have a theory about and look, both parties are utterly full of it, and we see this all all the time. So the Republicans have their more than their fair share of issues. But I I, I do think the Democrats have And look, they've won seven of the last eight elections in terms of the popular vote. So they're doing something right. But I do think they like to do a lot of pie in the sky stuff. Hey, by 2040. Okay, yeah, but we live in a world where everybody's on their phone. 2040 feels like a gazillion years from now, even though it's not. And so by the time they they say that, people go, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to vote for that. And then 2040 rolls around and we're doing the same thing. Now they're saying by 2055. It's just all a new thing. Are you surprised that the, uh, the the consumer market kind of uh, U.S. retail sales rebounded in January? It feels like January would be a time that retail sales would go down, but they went up 3% in retail spending, largest monthly gain in nearly two years, uh, adding to evidence, Austin Hufford writes in the uh, Wall Street Journal, that U.S. economic growth picked up at the start of the year. The seasonally adjusted jump in U.S. retail sales in January from December – which the Commerce Department reported on Wednesday followed declines in the final two months of 2022 as shoppers spent more on vehicles, furniture, clothing, and dining out in January. That surprises me.
2: Um, You know, and I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, if you looked at it broken down by, um, by like, you know, by middle class, you know, uh, lower class and upper class, uh, you see that uh, I'm going to bet most of that is upper class spending, uh, and uh, one of the reasons I'm going to, and I'm I'm totally going out on a limb here. So Jen, as I've said in a previous show, has a little travel business, and um, you know she helps people book vacations and stuff like that. They have something they call Wave Season, which really is kind of January and February, uh, and surprisingly, it is when the bulk of the business travel that gets, I mean, the business travel, oh my gosh, the leisurely travel um, throughout the year kind of gets, gets done in in January, February, but most of the people who are doing that are, uh, you know, the upper class that have plenty of disposable income that, uh, you know, where inflation numbers haven't really, uh, haven't really hit them as bad as, you know, the middle class and, and certainly the, you know, the poor. Um, so kind of not a surprise. Um, I would be interested to see, and I don't know, uh, I don't know the the answer here. I would be interested to see what, what the, uh, upper class spending limits look, our spending habits look like in, you know, in December, I wonder if, if it's like my house where we, uh, you know, we don't really do huge Christmas stuff. Um, but in January, you know, we will, we'll book trips and yeah, for the, for the rest of the year. So I know I didn't really answer your question. What
1: what what trips do you have booked? Where are you going?
2: So we're taking the kids, uh, I, I guess for our listeners, I'll, I'll kind of say this and they're going to, some people may laugh at me a little bit, but I try to spend, I try to take each kid by themselves on a trip with me and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just, it's just the two of us, you know, and it was, it's either, you know, it was either me and Christopher or, uh, or Bella and me or, or Gia and me. And this year um, they ask for Christmas, could we go somewhere all together? And so i kind of did this little fun little thing where um, we have a little vacation club that we belong to. And they have a bunch of different, bunch of different um, destinations that uh, you know, where we can book, book rooms on, you know, uh, as a part of the vacation club. And so we kind of just put all of the destinations in this little a uh, wheel of fortune wheel that I was able to create on an app and they each got to spin and they would spin uh you know one at a time and when it would land we would pull that that place off of the of the wheel so whatever the last man standing or the last destination standing was is where we're headed and so we are taking them uh to Jamaica um in a, I guess the end of May beginning of June but I booked I booked all that in January
1: that's impressive man you know it's just where
2: (laughs) you know a lot of families spend their money like probably a lot of our listeners are you know huge Ole Miss fans Mm -hmm. and they spend money at the Grove you know for uh, football tickets for um, you know tailgating all that stuff and People have where they spend money. We don't spend money really any other place except for travel. That's, that's our big. Laura our and big big I guy. always,
1: Laura and I always say we're going to take this trip and this trip and this trip. And then we just don't do it. Like we, we always say like, we're going to go to Charleston or we're going to go to some place for yeah. like a long weekend. And we just, we just never do it. it. It, it, I get frustrated at, at us, but it's expensive. It's hard to plan. It's,
2: there That's aren't where a, Jennifer comes in, man. She plans it for you.
1: There aren't a lot of negative. Well, when I say that, I mean there there aren't a lot of negatives to what I do for a living. I mean, I cover sports for a living. I write about sports. I talk about sports. It's a pretty good gig if you can get it. But one of the negatives is that you your we, always on. your weekends are yeah yeah. Well, there's one of the 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 only real negative to RebelGrove.com for, from a working standpoint is that you're never off. Um, you're just never off. You you putting it away is very 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 difficult. Um, and and you're never off. Like, always people are. I guess this is your slow season. I got that question of the day. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, not really, because I have I have basketball every every weekend. People go, well, they suck. Well, I still have to cover them. And like this year, if you think about it, like March, there's going to be. They're going to lose in the SEC tournament, and then they're probably going to fire the coach. Then they're going to have a coaching search. So they'll have a new coach. He'll hire new people. They'll have the basketball recruiting season. You have in the midst of that, you have spring football. That ends and then straight into high school recruiting, and and that doesn't really stop. And then all of a sudden, it's football again, and you just keep going. So we always tell ourselves, hey, we're going to take our slow time and take a break, and then there's no slow time. It's, yeah, it's, you know, and it's the part, and dude, and, it's the thing. It's like the life balance thing that I, I it's the people who, and you're great at it. Right. I mean, that's impressive because I know how hard you work, but you find the time and schedule it and take time off. And I think it's one of the reasons you're always, you're always kind of, um, your battery is always to, pretty man. full.
2: Well, I have to, and, and I use that term, the battery too, because like when I worked at Cambridge in DC, I learned real quick that I don't have the moderation switch and and I can I will work I will outwork most people. Um, but if but I will also burn out. And so one of the agreements that I made with Jennifer, because when I burn out, like I'm not pleasant to be around. No one wants to be around me. Uh I'm a jerk. Uh I step on people's toes and it's just not a that dude, we don't give we try not to give the microphone to that guy because he's a he's an asshole. Uh so what Jen and I just kind of made this agreement that uh, you know, that I I was gonna force myself to go away and recharge my batteries at least twice a year. And in the beginning when you know when I was building my business, that I couldn't go on vacation like we couldn't go to Disney World twice a year. We were lucky lucky to be able to go once. But I would take a week and I would you know stay at the house and get things done and not answer the phone and I was on quote unquote vacation. And then what we started doing, you know when we didn't have a whole lot of money was I would the vacation became a part of my budget. And the beautiful thing about working with a travel agent, and we did before Jen got into the business, was that I could put a deposit on a on a trip. And like, let's say the trip was, you know, $4,000. I put a deposit on the trip. And then for the next 12 months, I'm paying monthly payments, you know, to the travel agent, and you, uh, no interest or anything like that to, to pay my trip off. And so it, it you know, it forced me to, to, to go, but it also forced me to, um, you know, to dedicate money to it each month. It just became a part of our budget. And, you know, and I get my batteries charged when I'm gone and I come back, you know, reasonably happy. Uh, I don't bite people's heads off. And uh, I think my staff will probably tell you that uh, they enjoy it when I'm gone, <laughs> but I also they also know that uh, I'm more enjoyable when, you know, when I, when I disconnect and when I go, when I go, I try to completely disconnect. I try not to answer the phone. Yeah. That's um, my
1: challenge, right? That's, that's the biggest challenge for me is, is letting it go. Yeah. Completely just letting it go. And I don't really get that opportunity very often and I'm, I fail at it miserably, Yeah, but uh, it's, it's the one thing I'd love to be, to get better at, but I'm, I, I, I yep. don't. I And, yeah. I'm I'm like you there. I'm, I'm, I don't have a moderation switch. I go, yep, I go, I, I, go, I go pretty God, hard. And like in football God season, to put that in me in football season, I went really hard and, and we got to the end of football season and I was pretty testy. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty, I was kind of sick of it, you know, burned out is the better
2: word. Yeah. Um, Well, dude, and we tell people like, for our folks that are in retirement, you know, we tell them too, like, you have to emotional, emotional health and, you know, and mental health and and happiness is just an important part of, of your financial health in retirement, because you can have all the money in the world saved and you don't take care of yourself or, uh, or your health is bad. And it, and like, it doesn't matter how much money you, you have, because you're not going to get to enjoy, uh, you know. Having saved it. And, you know, and I try to tell people, like, especially my young retirement clients, I'm t- I tell them, like, go, go do the stuff. All the things you guys said you wanted to do your entire life and you haven't done, go do it while you're young, while you can still go. The body's cooperating with you. And don't worry about if you spend more than 5% of your account this year, because by the time you hit, you know, in your 80s and your body is just slowing down, you're not going to spend, you're not going to, you're not going to go to Europe. You're not going to go to Disney with the grandkids. You're going to, you might give a little bit of cash to the grandkids for Disney, but you're not enjoying it with them. Um, and I think, I don't know, man, I'm very, uh, I am very passionate about, um, you know, people taking care of themselves and, and, you know, and spending on themselves and treating themselves to the vacations. And, you know, and unfortunately I haven't, uh, I have an aunt right now and she really kind of helped raise me. There were three women when my dad died, three women that kind of raised me as my mom and my two aunts. I have a, he's my blood cousin, but he's two years younger than me, but he's really, I call him my brother. We grew up together like brothers and I have a younger brother. And my, my oldest aunt, that's really kind of like my mom too, is, um, man, she got in a wreck. She was involved in an accident just didn't rehab muscle atrophy has happened and she's just going downhill. And like I was visiting with her last night, you know, and she told me, she's like, I just want to walk. I want to be able to use my legs. I want to, there's some things I want to go with you guys and do. And I just kind of look at her and I'm like, that's not, that's not a reality. It's not going to happen. And you know, I don't say that to her, but you know, I kind of grieve with her that there were things that she wanted to do with us. You know, she wanted to go see where, her, you know, where her ancestors came from in, in Ireland and Scotland. And uh, we're not going to get to do that with her. And it's kind of, you know, with my mom, I'm going to tell her like, look, we're booking this damn trip to Ireland and Scotland for you to go see your ancestral roots. Cause I don't want her to end up like Riri where, uh, you know, the body breaks down and she can't go. She physically is unable to go. And it's just sad to see people in that, you know, when they're at that stage of life, having regrets. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I know this guy, I didn't mean to turn this into a, an emotionally frothy show, but, uh, you know, I think that's just as important as picking the right stock or the right bond is, you know, is, uh, is doing the things that, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do in life. Life is not meant to just work and just go home. Like that's not a, that's hard to enjoy.
1: Oh for sure. No. I mean we've talked about it a lot. Mental health is critical. You talk about emotional health, physical health. Yep. Um all of those things. I mean, I think those are those are We we don't have time, thank goodness, cuz we probably go off the rails.
2: But I mean, I, I know we would. It's like I, I think I we think, could probably spend hours talking about this stuff. I think you know, it all and it all intertwines with your financial health too.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, it all everything being being as healthy so I have, I have a, a, this is an example. I have a Wara ring. I I got it. I'm like three weeks in now. It's cause I, I know I need to do better with my sleep. And I knew that if something kind of held me accountable with my sleep, that I would start focusing on it
2: more. Cause I just now, what, say, say it again. What is this thing called?
1: It's called a Wara O U R A ring.
2: Okay. And O U R A yeah. Wara. Okay. And
1: it, um, Measures, like, keeps up with all your activity, your physical activity. Like, when I run, it tells me all my metrics, what my heart rate was, all that stuff. But it, at night, it measures my sleep. And I just know how I am, right? I mean, there are people that are like, well, you don't have to do that. You just sleep more. I, I get it. I understand. I'm not, that's not, I'm not wired that way. Right. Wish I were. Life would be simpler. You know, it's like, yes, it's like,
2: uh. But you don't have the moderation switch. We, we, I'm, the same, I'm in the same boat as you, man.
1: I wake up at 2 in the morning, and I'm thinking about work. And yep. invariably, I get up and start working. And so I knew that if I had something that at 6.30 in the morning I looked at that told me, hey, dumbass, you only slept X amount, you didn't do this, you have, I knew that it would make me focus more because I'm very competitive. I like to win. I'm I'm yep. the, I'm the guy that gets on the treadmill and I know that on Saturday I ran ten point two five miles in an hour and forty two minutes and so now I'm gonna try to do it in an hour and forty one minutes. That's just me. I'm the I'm wired that way. That makes me
2: weird. I get it.
1: I understand. No, it
2: doesn't make you weird. I think it just makes you a competitive person.
1: I'm a competitive person. And so now I compete for better sleep scores, which means ultimately I'm sleeping better, right? It's already making a difference. But my point was is that it it every morning when I look at my phone on the app, it gives me a readiness score. It gives me a sleep score. It gives me an activity score. It's like it says, "Hey, today would be a good day to push yourself because you're you you have your your body's in really good shape." Or, "Hey, you didn't get a good night's sleep and you were super active yesterday. You're probably not super fresh. This would be a good day." To chill a little, not and in inevitably still say, No, I'm gonna go push myself. But <laughs> but I know going in, hey, I'm I'm probably not a hundred percent today. In fact, I'm like eighty two percent today. Set
2: expectations, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I say all that to say, yeah, it, it, all those things, everything goes together, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health health. It's it's why And I think for people like you and me, and there's a whole bunch of people like you and me that are probably listening to us right now. Yeah, like listening to us right now, going, "Yep, that ability to go, all right, you know, I'm I'm gonna go because I'll catch myself doing it sometimes with the kids. I'm having a moment with one of my kids, especially now it's Carson, and I'm checking my phone. God, I get so mad at myself. I'll, I'll be like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this right now? Nothing at rebelgrove.com dot com is important. Is more important at this moment than what he is talking to you about.
2: Nothing. That's good awareness, man. But I, even but though I, you check your phone,
1: but I catch it and I'm like, okay. But then I'm still doing it's it's it's. At least the, you're aware, though, dude. Yeah, it is. It's the, but it's the ability for me. I mean, it's going to be like what shapes my ability to sort of find peace slash happiness is my ability to, like, this summer. Even if we don't go on a vacation, take a week where I go, you know what, I'm not going to do a podcast this week. People are going to get upset at me, but I'm not doing a podcast this week. I'm not not talking about sp- football this week at all. Like when to have the discipline where when someone goes, hey, what do you think about, it? nope, not doing it this week. Having that discipline is hard. And so or, or, it's why going away someplace, like even – by myself for three or four days and just disappearing, you know, um, I've got to work. I've got to work on that. I have got to figure that out. I've always admired. Uh, I've always admired your ability to do that.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, and it's just, uh, I guess awareness that I had about myself and a lot of is the men's groups that I was a part of, you know, helping me learn about me or calling me out on me too, where we're, you know, we're accountable and honest with each other. Um, you know, and, and helping me try to be a better dad, you know, a better boss, better brother, better husband, you know, all those things, better son, uh, and being present, man. And I think you nailed it. When you're talking about Carson, it's like, dude, the best gift that we can give most people is our presence and, and connecting. And, yep. uh, and I'm, un I'm unmedicated ADD. So like, and I'm an idiot. Cause I have an Apple watch. And every time the damn thing dings, mm. I look at it like Pavlov. And I know that, that, that gives a, you know, a subliminal message to the, person i'm talking to that like i'm looking at my watch going come on man hurry up i got stuff to do and that's not that is not the case but i need to go get a dumb watch again and just not be so connected to the world
1: yeah yeah you're right hey speaking of stuff to do you've got stuff to go do in five minutes we're gonna we're gonna shut it we're gonna shut it down there thanks to everybody for making us a part of your week we'll be back i think next week that's the plan with uh, another edition of mind on my money Uh, Again, we're brought to you by Pinnacle. It's MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, Wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCrady. Until next time, uh, have a great weekend. Again, thanks for making us a part of your show, and we will talk to you soon.
4: Recording stopped. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?